think all great ideas or inventions or businesses are born from necessity, frustration, or desperation, or all three. And in this case, for me, it was absolutely all three. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. If you're new to the show, I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and learn their origin stories and all about their business journeys. And it also lets us get to know our neighbors a bit better, and that makes for an even more amazing community. So today, I'm speaking with Jeremy Dresden, and many of us know Jeremy's voice. He's entertained East Idaho for 20 years as a radio personality, but today... We're going to learn about what Jeremy does in his spare time. So welcome, Jeremy Dresden. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I will say this. If anybody's like, Dresden, what the what? Um, <laughs> most DJs have a stage name. Uh-huh. And yours? Yeah. Most of them have a stage. So I've always gone by Jeremy Taylor on the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that uh, towards the end of his career, Brad uh, ended up kind of dropping the Collins and just, it's Brad. Uh-huh. Um, I've sort of done the same thing. Uh, people know after 20 years, I mean, there's only one Jeremy really that's uh, been on the air here in East Idaho. So anyway, again, I, I'm not too concerned about people knowing the real last oh, name versus the stage thing, last because... name. Yeah. yeah, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> Nobody go stalk you or do any uh, right. of that well, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, that, that used to be the reason. Yeah, I bet is, it did. Is to protect the DJs when they're at home and yeah. wanting to unplug. So yeah. anyway. Well, still welcome. We're happy to we're happy to have you here, and thank you. We'll talk just a little about radio, but mostly we're going to talk about your businesses. Yeah. So, um, like you said, most people know you for your broadcasting, but you've actually been quite an entrepreneur as well. So let's start with Glacier Marketing, mm -hmm. of which you are the president of. So, mm -hmm. what is Glacier Marketing? Glacier Marketing is a full service marketing firm, and by full service, I mean yes, there are local agencies here in East Idaho that are basically media buyers. Um, that is that is something we do, but we do way more than that. We do way more than that. We will take a company's um, uh, annual marketing budget. We'll evaluate what's worked for them and what hasn't in the past. We'll even evaluate their brand, their identity as a company, and make sure that whatever the game plan is moving forward, whether it be internet marketing or uh, social media or their graphic design needs, video video production, audio production, uh, any traditional media uh, medium that could be purchased. We'll, we'll look at all aspects of their marketing, find out what worked, what hasn't in the past, and what the best marketing mix will be moving forward. And as we need those uh, assets, whether it be graphic design or video or audio, we handle all of that in-house. We don't we don't farm it out. We we take care of all of that. So. so you guys act more like a consultant. So if I really wanted somebody, I mean, you provide all of those services, yep. but in the beginning, if I came to you, mm -hmm. you'd look at everything that I'm doing oh, yeah. and give me your expert opinion yep. about where we could improve on whatever that was. Absolutely. And while my forte is in traditional media marketing and production for such, my business partner and brother his forte is graphic design and identity. And so that's that's where he really shines and I stay away from from his world. He, 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 he I don't wanna say we stay away from uh, each other's worlds. We do help each other, 
but I don't um, claim to know all that he knows in his world, and he doesn't claim to know all that I know in my world. But uh, man, what a great partnership. No kidding. And I think good graphic designers, they just have that eye. Yeah. You know, we don't really understand all the time what draws us to something, mm -hmm. um, but they know. They know all that psychology behind all of that stuff. There is a reason for everything that uh, David does when he's designing for a client. Some people will look at something and say, Oh, well, that's cool, but why'd you do that? But there's a reason for everything. Why he placed it there, why he used that icon, why these colors, why this font. There's a reason for everything. If, if he has designed it, if he has touched it, um, believe me, nothing on that piece of marketing material is, oh, it just looked cute. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no <laughs> like such, I would do it like yeah, that. Yeah, there, there's no such thing in his world. There's, there's a reason for all of it. Yeah, very strategic. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's great. That's neat to have that eye. Yeah. So I, do, I heard you talk a little bit about brand. I, mm -hmm. I'm, there's a lot of that thrown around, you know, what's my brand and I'm creating my brand. What do you mean really by brand? Is that my logo? Uh, your logo is definitely a part of your identity as a business, but what makes your business your business? You think of your core values as a business. You think of what your business stands for, what your competitive advantages are, what you wish your consumer would think or your customer would think just by looking at your marketing materials. Does it instill confidence? Uh, d does um, the look of your marketing material, again, as your uh, customers are looking at it, is it exciting to them? Does it look homemade, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Is it, it does Because it look oftentimes like, it is. Like we are on a shoe, shoestring absolutely. budget. We hop onto window paint or right, whatever and right. do whatever we can. Right, and we see it a lot, especially in local business. Uh, we see it a lot. Uh, oh, we have somebody here at the front desk that can uh, throw together a flyer. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I, in my opinion, the key words there are throw together. Uh, <laughs> no marketing material should be thrown together. Mm -hmm. This is it it's should be strategy. It's a representation of, of everything your company stands for. Mm -hmm. So it should absolutely tie in with the brand. The brand is, is your business. And uh, marketing is simply how you invite people to partake in that offering. So people get the two confused. Yeah. You know, brand and marketing. They, they, they work hand in hand, but you've got to have a solid brand before you decide your marketing uh, strategy and tactics. Yeah, and like you said, that brand doesn't just include your logo. It is the, it's all of that. It's your vision. It's the way that you conduct yourself. It's sure. how you want to be represented. Sure. I think as a small business owner, that can feel a little bit intimidating, right? When you say that, a little bit in my mind, I'm like, oh gosh, this it's just a lot of money is what you're saying. I mean, how do I even get my business off the ground mm -hmm. if I have to invest so much in getting my brand? So how do you advise people through that? So uh, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. And uh, if you are a Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 company and you are hiring a firm that specialized specifically in just establishing your brand and, and, and they were like, hey, listen, we're gonna need $60,000 for the year to do X, Y, and Z, that, that's not Glacier. We're, we're, not, we're definitely not going to charge you that kind of money. You we, get me as a small business we, owner. We get you as a small business owner. We reside here in East Idaho. We do have a couple of satellite uh, offices, one in California. But um, for the most part, we are, we are built to assist the small to medium and large. We are not going to turn around or turn, uh, turn away. Yeah. yeah, turn away a large uh, business should they hire us. 
but we're definitely built to handle uh, small to medium-sized businesses. We're not the cheapest option. We aren't. Mm -hmm. We are not going to be the, hey, uh, let me give you a hundred bucks and, and crank out a logo. We're not that guy. Mm -hmm. But we certainly don't need $60,000 a year to get done what needs to get done. Yeah. Well, I can certainly appreciate that. As we have always said, we're not the cheapest automotive repair either. But, um, you know, there's a reason that you would come to see us. And it's mm -hmm. because we have the we have top-notch customer service and other services. And so yeah. I'm sure it's the same kind of experience yeah. with you guys. Yeah, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in what Glacier can provide, especially when we talk graphic design and brand and identity. And the reason why is it, it really is all my business partner. And, and um, you know, my brother, he, David is, man, three decades worth of experience. He's worked on global campaigns with global companies. I mean, he has literally done work for Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies. I've seen Hershey bar wrappers that he's designed. I mean, well, it, it's just, he's he's no joke. And so, so you guys kind of have that pinch hitter, like you got that absolutely, secret sauce. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I shouldn't be offended, but a part of me is a little offended when a business says, oh no, we got somebody in house that can crank it out. I'm yeah, like, right. no, you don't understand. You don't know what you could yeah, have. <laughs> yeah, you're getting a guy that designs globally for global brands yeah, right yeah. here in East Idaho for East Idaho prices. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't you yeah, right. want this? Right. You know I what I mean? It. Just to make sure it's done right. Yeah. Anyway. Good. Well, it's awesome that you have that service. Yeah. So it seems like I can make this connection. I'm sure that the listeners are probably making this connection, that mm -hmm. marketing and what you have done in broadcasting, mm -hmm. those two kind of went along. Mm -hmm. Give me just a little bit of history about how you got there. Like okay. how, I mean, that didn't, you didn't go to... You went to school to be a broadcaster, isn't that correct? Originally, yeah. originally. Yeah. Uh, my major was broadcasting, and um, I ended up switching majors when I was at the University of Utah. I switched over to business marketing, or excuse me, business management with an emphasis in marketing. Uh, I was required to take some marketing classes, and it was there in those classes. Man, I fell in love. I had to be... Marketing just caught my attention. Uh -huh. Some of the business stuff kind of you know, put me to sleep a little bit, but the marketing, I was like wide-eyed and, and uh, man, I was just, it was awesome. I took it all in, absolutely loved it. Had you come from an entrepreneurial family? Was that new to you? Like had, when it you It was not that? new to me. My dad, um, basically, I, I mean, he, he's an uh, insurance broker mm -hmm. and he has worked for businesses, for companies. Um, but for the most part, he is, he, he's been an independent contractor or self-employed mm -hmm. for as long as I can remember anyway, through high, you know, junior high and high school, uh, it was always Dresden and associates and, uh, you know, he ran on his own steam and I always looked up to that. He was a very, very hard worker and raised all of us, uh, me and my siblings to be hard workers, um, yeah, <laughs> don't even ask me about, uh, doing chores and, and, um, some of us even avoiding uh, being caught sitting around watching TV because, hey, if you were sitting around and you had time to watch TV, guess what? There there's, was other stuff to oh, do. Oh, there's other stuff to be done. <laughs> so we, we were always, all right, get off the couch, go do this and, and this. And back in the day, you didn't have a phone. You could go hide in the corner. Absolutely and have, yeah. not. Absolutely not. So yeah, we, we, were, um, we were taught how to work hard. And uh, I do think that seeing him work so hard and make a living for a family on his own uh, steam, like I said uh, earlier, was um, subconsciously inspiring to me. I definitely always looked up to my dad. I thought he was uh, he was awesome. But as I got older in high school, I created a little 
uh, Dance Academy. It was a little company. Now, wait a minute. Are you a dancer? I used to be. I'm not, I, I, I won't do it now. People have asked. <laughs> like, seriously, show me a thing or two. Yeah. But I, I won't do it. I oh, won't do it. On. Yeah, it's like old school. So back when R&B and hip hop was um, huge, I mean, back in the 90s yeah. and late 80s or whatever, I did start a dance academy with my best friend. Um, we both uh, knew how to do our thing at the dance club and so oh, we I just love this story. We have to stay here for just a second. <laughs> because I can just imagine you guys yeah, doing yeah. it reminds me, do you watch Modern Family and the and Yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, yep. Phil and and um anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if right. you remember that clip, it kinda of, I'm kind of envisioning this whole hip hop dance of yeah, you too. My friend we went by Dre and Mars. So Dre and, Dre and Mars yeah, Dre and Mars Dance Academy. I'm gonna Super. see if there's any videos out there we oh, can find. Man. <laughs> Super cliche for back in the day, Dre and Mars. But yeah, we uh, we ran that for a couple of years. And uh, while a lot of my friends were running to McDonald's or wherever to get a job, um, I did this. I opened this dance academy and we had three different age groups that we uh, taught. And our, did you have a studio? Uh, we rented a studio. There was a dance studio in uh, in Rexburg, which is where I, I wasn't uh, born there, but I basically grew up there. Yeah. And yeah, we taught all summer long. That's how we uh, made our money. And I love we, that. Yeah, we ended up forming a competition group. And so of the three classes, we'd have uh, the kids that wanted to try out. They could be a part of the competition group. And then we literally took them to area and regional dance competitions. How and did you even know to do this? Had you been in dance? I so had, you had before, some, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So going back to my childhood, um, I knew of some of these dance competitions because, and get ready to roll your eyes here, uh, I clogged. I was a clogger. Oh, I love it. I yeah, love it. I was a clogger for a, <laughs> a, a few years, several years. Jeremy, there's so much we're learning about you. I'm so there's, excited yeah, about this. There's a lot of layers to this onion. <laughs> some this might them. be used against you. Yeah, I know. Point. Some of these layers are embarrassing. <laughs> But yes, uh, yeah, there was a history there. That's, yeah, mm -hmm. that's how I knew about the dance competitions. Yeah, and so yeah. at any rate, that's that's where all of my entrepreneurialism, uh, excuse me, uh, began was, yeah. was back then. Right. You were so, an entrepreneur as a teenager. Yeah, I was I was in high school and I just didn't want to. I tried McDonald's. No offense, McDonald's. Yeah, it just wasn't um, your right fit. Yeah, I, I tried it. I was there for three months. I was like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's when, again, the Dance Academy kind of. I love came it. To be, I love so. it. But you still thought I'm going to go to school. What, what was it that led you to broadcasting? Why were you interested in that? Honestly, I was um, I was at Rick's College at the time, and I wasn't sure what my major was going to be. I hated those tests that you would take to try to figure out what your you know, your aptitude you, is for. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What, what do you want to be when you grow up? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And I took that test twice and I still had no idea. So in talking with a, a, a friend, he was saying, hey, you ought to try uh, broadcasting. Seriously, you have a good voice. Why don't you just try broadcasting? There's no math classes. <laughs> I'm like, hey, sign no me math. Up. Yeah, right, right. No advanced <laughs> math. Sign me up. Yes. So, yeah, I switched to broadcasting and um, did that for, I don't know, maybe a year again. And then I ended up down at the University of Utah and I switched over to business management. I think it was, um, I think the reason why I dropped broadcasting is I, I couldn't see... I mean, I, w I was a, and this is another piece of story that we may have to come back to. If, <laughs> if I know you, we'll, we'll come back to this. Yes. But I was a DJ and um, a manager at a couple of different dance clubs. and so Here in East Idaho? In East Idaho. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so in experiencing the, that sort of DJ life, I was like, I can't make a career out of this. Mm -hmm. And I would assume that a radio DJ isn't that far off from what I was doing in the club. 
obviously here I am years and years and years later, I was way wrong. Um, but I didn't know <laughs> so that it then. It is actually not just spinning records. Yeah, though. exactly. Uh, I didn't know that then. And yeah. so just out of um, ignorance of uh, you know that career, I switched. I switched. But, but I'm glad that I switched because had I not switched, I never would have had those marketing classes and I wouldn't be here today you know, with an 11-year-old marketing firm that's done, uh, you know, it's done okay over the years. Yeah, so let's finish up that piece of the story. So you graduated, um, were you in business then while you were going to school? Did you have some business going on at that point? While I was in college? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, when I went to you, college, it was 100%. I went and got a job and paid for school as I was going. And you're going to be a broadcaster? Uh, I was Marketing. going to be a, bro mm -hmm. a broadcaster, and then again, once I moved to uh, Salt Lake and attended the U, same thing. I got a job at a credit union and just worked my way through uh, college. And you know, before I could graduate, that's when Z103 reached out to me, and it was Dylan Hendricks to okay. be specific. Yeah, love Dylan. <laughs> yeah, but she was the general manager of Z103 at the time, and um, she called me. And how did she know about you? Because she, she uh, the DJ scene that you had had here? Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. As the manager of uh, both of the clubs that I worked at, uh, I chose to advertise on Z103. And so uh, Dylan was a sales rep that I, I had two sales reps that I worked with and Dylan was one of them. And we all have to recognize you do have like the most velvety, wonderful voice. Like you uh -oh. have the voice for You're radio. Too kind. Thank no, you. I'm sure I'm not the first one that has said <laughs> no. that to you. No, I've never heard velvety, so I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> all Thank right, you. Well, we'll use that today. All right, I like that. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's how I knew Dylan. And she, um, uh, it, actually what happened is I was home for the holidays uh, while I was a student at the U and I bumped into her at the mall. There was some big, I don't know, the, some event taking place at the mall, I assume had to do with Christmas and she was there with Z103 and they were broadcasting live or whatever. And she said, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about you. I've been trying to get hold of you. I just didn't know how. So here we are. Yeah, yeah, here we are, totally meant to be. Um, would you ever be interested in moving back? And I said, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not digging on Idaho because uh, clearly I was raised here. Mm -hmm. But when you make the decision to move on, you're pretty set. You know what I mean? You, right, you want right, to move on. Right. So when I moved to Salt Lake to be at the U, in my mind, it was whatever's going to happen, I'm going to be here in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, so it, it took some convincing. To be specific, it took 11 months worth of convincing. She would call me once a month just to see how I was feeling wow. about it. What wow. do you think? Is it time? Wow. And after 11 months, um, that following November, I finally said yes mm -hmm. and uh, moved up here. Took the uh, took the plunge, as they say, and uh, yeah, Z103 for ten years, and then uh, switched teams and went to a different station for the last ten years. But um, so, talk to me about that time. Obviously, you had your your day job. You're mm -hmm. doing all of the your um, radio personality and everything. Like there were there were many many roles that you played within the yeah, radio. Z103. Yeah, didn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So so what happened is uh, I moved up here, got into radio, and within months within months of being on the air. And they didn't have me on the morning show at first. I was afternoons until I got uh, till I got my feet wet, basically. And so I was doing afternoons, saw what the sales staff was doing. It was marketing. I loved marketing. And you, had, it, you were like, hey, right. I love this yep, thing. I already love this. I, I wonder if they'll let me do both. Um, everybody was hesitant. Really? Oh, yeah. Because DJs don't do that. Uh, it, it's, you, you just don't. It, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's a written law. It's an unwritten law. You don't ever let a DJ straddle that fence. Yeah. 
and put his uh, his one foot in sales and the other foot in, on air. Mm-hmm. There's there's um, area there's some area there that, I mean, legally speaking, yeah. If we use some some terms, there's payola and plugola where a DJ if he's got a connection with you're going to uh, promote me because it, I'm that's paying exactly to right. be on the that's radio. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And hey, let me pad your pockets under yeah. the table. Well, guess what? That's illegal. Uh-huh. And so I think just forever in radio, it's like kept it separate. It, yeah, it's always separate. Don't let it happen. But Dave Taylor, who was the um, general manager of the group at the time, uh, because Z103 is under an umbrella. Uh, I think back then it was Marathon Media is who um, owned Z103 and K Bear and. Classy 97, and back then it was Live 105. It wasn't the Hawk. It was Mm -hmm. an 80s station. Right. But anyway, uh, Dave Taylor is the one that uh, first said, you know what? Yeah. Let's try it. Yeah. You want to be in sales? Let's let's stick you in sales and have you just uh, keep your voice on the radio. And so I think I went to just like what we call voice tracking. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't live. Got it. But I would voice track uh, a shift while I was in sales. So during this time, like, had Mm -hmm. you already kind of made the mind up that you were going to stay within the broadcasting world? Or did you have back in in the back of your mind, were you thinking about having a business? Where where were you at? At this point in time, I had only been uh, at Z103 for six months. And I was digging radio. I really liked it. I didn't want to go anywhere. And um, and, and I, you could see this being your future. Absolutely. Okay. I, I could see myself like, you know what? This is cool. Yeah. This is cool. I could see myself eventually being a GM and yeah. and it'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's that's where my mind was back then. And uh, things just sort of evolved. Yeah. Um, where did that switch? Sales uh, was interesting. The morning show changed at Z103. And when it did, I don't know. I had a conversation with Brad. I had a conversation with Tara. And all of a sudden it became Brad, Tara, and Jeremy. And we ran that morning show while I did part-time sales uh, for the media group for a couple of years. I, I want to say it was two or three years that that morning show rolled on uh, while I did both. Mm-hmm. At any rate, there was, uh, there was a time then in 2000, at the end of uh, 2004, beginning of 2005, um, I, was, uh, I was asked to be a sales manager. And I accepted the position. At this time, Bonneville Communications out of Salt Lake City owned the group, which... Again, in my mind, I was like, light went off. I'm going back to Utah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to accept whatever they throw at me right. because I want to end up da- back down in Salt Lake. Oh, like the big city. That's exactly right. <laughs> so I accepted the sales manager position, and in doing so, I had to walk away from the morning show. Oh, so you weren't voiced at all. Uh, I, I, I voice tracked over the weekends, mm-hmm. and so I was a voice on the weekends, but that was it. I was I was no longer a, uh, a fixture Monday through Friday is on uh, on Z103. Yeah. Well, that was uh, that manager position was short lived, and there were it, it was a bit uh, political, not not on the Bonneville side, but just locally. Yeah. Uh, there were some factors that bumpy. Uh, yeah. It, it just some of the some of the dynamics. Again, I'm trying to be as as careful as possible, oh, sure. so I don't want to throw anybody's name out there or throw people under the bus. But um, th- there were a couple of individuals that made life as a sales manager insanely difficult and quite frankly not worth it and you didn't know that like going in you probably no, no, had no definitely idea. not mm-hmm. definitely not in fact going in it was amazing mm-hmm. it was amazing it, it, it was amazing for the first year and then in the second year some um personnel were uh kind of moved around personnel changed mm-hmm. and we had to work with uh, somebody that was just incredibly difficult to work with mm-hmm. and um anyway it was just it it was no longer fun for me and uh, there was an opportunity that came up 
where David and I had a conversation and I said, listen, I've been thinking about just doing this on my own. I love marketing. I've loved radio media sales for six years now. Uh, I want to do this and, and I want to offer more than just radio to my clients. So where were you at? Like early 30s, like late 20s? Oh man, I, if I go back, I'm, uh, I'm 34, 33, 34 when I had this thought. Yeah, so it's a little bit scary probably. I don't know if you had a family or anything, but like you're trying to support. I no imagine, kids. No kids you're married. Mm-hmm. Yep. Married, no kids. And um, yeah, it, it was a little scary, but again, wh- where I came from, uh, seeing my dad as an entrepreneur and then experiencing what I experienced with uh, my uh, dance group and then uh, a different business, which promised me we're not going to get into okay. this, but <laughs> an acapella group that uh, I was a part of, and that was uh, a lot of fun. And, and we did fairly well over the couple of years that we uh, sang together. We had a book written about us, which was pretty cool. Oh, you're killing me. You know I want to ask. I it's know fine. you want to we'll ask about on. that. We'll, we'll stick We'll stick to the story. But uh, yeah, after seeing the successes from those two ventures, um, I wasn't as afraid as maybe I should have been. Ah, well, good. You had a little Glacier. bit of cocky. I can do this. A little bit. Yeah. I think that happens uh, uh, when you're younger. Yeah. I think the older you get, the less likely you, likely you are to take leaps like that. Right. But uh, yeah, with Glacier, that's, that's what happened is um, it was born out of in my mind, not just necessity, but frustration and desperation, which I think all businesses are born from. I know, right? It's the uh, innovation in, in, no, what yeah, is it? Innovation. The, thank you. Yeah. Is the, is, go ahead, if right. you can finish yeah, that No, thought. no, I, I, <laughs> my, my version of that is, again, I think all great ideas or inventions or businesses are born from necessity, frustration, or desperation, yeah, or right. all three. Right. And in this case, for me, it was absolutely all three. Because I loved marketing, I loved marketing. And I want to stay in it. So the necessity was, if I want to stay in this, I've got to go and do my thing because I'm very frustrated and now starting to feel desperate because of some of the uh, things that I was dealing with. Um, so in, in hindsight, in do you feel like that was one of the best things that happened? Hands down, the best decision that I ever made uh, in my life in terms of career moves was. Those uh, was, I don't even know if that's proper English, were (laughs) uh, the conversations that I had with Dylan Hendricks every month and then Kathy Walser. I believe that that was her last name. She was one of the professors that I had at the U Mm -hmm. and um, she was always very interested in the fact that I was turning this gig down for 11 months. And so she would ask me, so where are you at with this? What are you going to do? Um, and I and I would tell her what my concerns were, and she was one of the ones that said, "You absolutely need to do this, and if it doesn't work, then come back. You can always come back." Right, nothing's forever. Right. So anyway, if it weren't for those two people helping helping me make the decision to move back and get into radio, uh, none of this would have happened. None of it. Yeah, that's great. Radio wouldn't have happened. Glacier wouldn't have happened. Uh, the businesses that my wife and I now own wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. None of it had we not made the decision to move here. So you were positioned pretty well with your knowledge that you had had and your experience within um, the broadcasting world to, like you said, marketing, that just came natural, right? Mm-hmm. You had had some exposure clearly to radio advertising, and, right. but there's more to that. So when you decided, I want to do something more with marketing, mm-hmm. what did it look like? And was your brother a partner at that time? Uh, no. So what happened is when I, again, when I came, uh, I call it inception. 
you know, just like the movie. Yeah. When the thought came to me, I was sitting at, um, if I'm going to be specific, I was sitting at Geraldine's uh, having lunch. Excellent. And I was staring out the window and it was uh, over the holidays. Once again, I don't know what it is about the holidays, but uh, it was over the it's holidays. It's a Hallmark movie that you're yeah. going with here. Probably, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, the holidays end of 2007 as we were about to start 2008. And I'm staring at this big mound of snow and I'm thinking there's something better. I can, I can do something better. I can do something on my own, on my own steam, that is more rewarding than what's currently happening. One piece of the radio story that we left off is um, when I got frustrated with uh, the management position, uh, there was an opportunity to go back on air full time, but I could still carry a list, as they call it, and so I could still sell radio, but I would no longer be a manager. That opened up, and um, and I took it. Because that it. was better. It was better than the situation that I was in. And so um, it was 2006 that um, I started a new morning show. It was Jeremy, Adam, and Zoe. Some people will remember that. We were together for a couple of years. Yeah. And it was at the end of those two years that I started, that I started Glacier. I see, I see. So did you kind of have an idea you were going to do Glacier? Were you prepping I, a little? I didn't. I, oh. I, I, had, I had ideas of, man, how can I, is there room in the market for me to do this? How could I do it? How do you pick up clients yeah, willing right. to trust you when right. you're starting at ground zero? Right. Um, it, was, it, it was a scary thing to think about. Um, and maybe that's why I didn't really pursue it for uh, 18 months or so. I just... I don't know. I mean, the, the thought was there, but I didn't take the thought seriously until, like I said, the end of 2007, beginning of 2008, staring out that window and I thought, it's time. Yeah. So that next day I called David and I said, I've got an idea. And was David doing his graphic design at this point? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, he's, he's a 30-year he's he's a veteran. Got it. Yeah. He, it's his full-time job. Got it. Um, Glacier, quite frankly, is just something that he's picked up and now he's uh, he's more or less just an independent contractor. Yeah. So, yeah. At any rate, yeah, David, uh, he was like, absolutely, I would love to be a part of this. In fact, uh, I don't want to just be a, uh, a part of it in terms of your graphic designer. I want to be part owner. Yeah. Uh, let's do so, this, brother. Yeah, uh, yeah, if we're going to do this, let's do this. And uh, and we jumped in and uh, two of our first clients were Community Care. That's back when they actually advertised every month. Yes. No offense, Community Care, if you're listening. <laughs> you used to advertise a lot. Uh, but Community Care and Alpine Jewelers. Well, see, when I hear your voice, I think of mm -hmm. Alpine Jewelers. I voiced their ads yes. for many, many, many years. If, yes. it, if it wasn't Kevin and Scott, it was it was my voice on their ads yeah. for a long time. So anyway, those two businesses gave Glacier its start, and uh, after that, uh, man, they just kind of they just kind of happened. East Idaho Credit Union was a client for six years. Yeah, and, isn't that great? Yeah, and so yeah. it just kind of happened. Things just took. So did it, has it grown? Has it become more than what you started it with? Was it a full service? Well, obviously social wasn't a big deal at that point. Yeah, social wasn't a big that. deal. Uh, internet marketing was a big deal, but it wasn't our forte. So we stayed away from it. So mm -hmm. we, tr we primarily focused on traditional media and graphic design and that was it. And we did, we did okay. Our first three years were okay. In fact, we grew substantially over those first three years. And I don't know what in the world happened going into year four, but somebody opened the floodgates. Really? Oh, my word. It was insane growth from year three to year four, and then from four to five, same thing. 
great. Yeah, it just put us up on the next level. Yeah. And then from there, we've had at least 20 to 30% growth. And you've uh, had to add, obviously you've added um, online everything. We've had to add, uh, of course, over the years, we've had to add those services because uh, clients want them. We have to have a team that can take care of those um, forms of marketing or we lose uh, in my yeah, opinion, I think we lose out. Yeah, yes, we lose exactly. out on that portion of the budget. And that... Well, because when you think about it, I mean, I know that there is a place for all sorts of um, different types of marketing, but, you know, we all look at what's happening with print. Mm -hmm. You know, we feel like... Print's um, definitely changed. Yeah, yep. right? And yep. so you have to have a presence on the internet. Yeah, right. Yeah, internet, social media marketing, they're huge right now. We have some clients that literally spend 50% of their annual marketing budget on those two mediums alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is traditional. I would say, yeah. Yes, I understand that. So what's the vision for Glacier? Where do you guys think you're going to go with this? Honestly, we don't see an end. I spoke at RiseX um, recently, and in that presentation, I talked about marketing uh, as a marathon, not a sprint. For every business, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's never short-lived. You don't think of marketing in 30 or 60-day bursts. It's ongoing. And the only time that marketing should stop, in my professional opinion, is when you either sell the business or you close your doors and you're done. Mm -hmm. If you are slammed, we had one question come in at the very end of my um, presentation. I wish I would have said this at the time. I didn't say this at the time. So hopefully people are listening and um, they picked this up, those who were at the... Uh, <laughs> at RiseX? Yeah, at yeah. that, at that mm -hmm. meeting anyway. Let's add this addendum. Right. Uh, the question was, what if we are so slammed we can't, we can't handle more business? And I said, well, man, I'd love to yeah, be in your a good shoes. Problem. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a nice problem to have. I think any business owner would want that problem. My answer should have been, you can always pull back the reins a little bit, but you don't ever shut the faucet off. Mm -hmm. You don't ever shut the faucet off. If you need to pull it back because you're slammed, I have a client that's done that. Mm -hmm. I have a client that offer, it's a service industry and they were absolutely slammed. And because they are limited in terms of space at their yeah, facility. You can't grow anymore. You can't grow anymore. They, they could hire 15 more people. It wouldn't matter because they still only have so much space right. to operate in. Right. So what we did is we actually cut their budget by about 25% and just pulled just, that, yeah. Slow things, off down. A little yeah. bit. slow things down a little bit, yeah. let them catch their breath for about six months, and then we amped back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but never stop. Don't ever stop. I, I think that's silly. That's that's the uh, lifeline. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's the bloodline to your, to your business. So you alluded a little bit to business that um, you and your wife have, mm -hmm. um, and maybe there's more than one, but I know of Phoenix Salon Suites. You are a yep. franchise owner. You yes. have two locations mm -hmm. of that. So as you're doing Glacier Marketing, mm -hmm. you are also doing this as well. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we got to a point uh, about five years ago where we started thinking, okay, we need to start investing for retirement. When you're self-employed, there is no 401k. You right. know what I mean? There is right. no contribution <laughs> or, or, hey, guess what? The employer's matching. Right. Uh, you're on your own steam. And, uh, and, come retirement, hopefully you've saved enough. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, it, it was a, um, a conversation of what are we going to do? We started looking at franchises and in that search, we stumbled across Phoenix Salon Suites. We actually saw their episode on Undercover Boss. Oh, I didn't know they had yeah, one. Right. That's great. Yeah. And that's when we were sold. Uh-huh. After we saw that episode, we, we called um, basically their corporate. We talked to them 
and they sent us information. We had to sign the uh, uh, disclosure, of course. Yeah. And there is no other, fran like the franchise laws, you don't have anybody else here competing with that. Uh, you know, there are some ma and pop setups here uh, in East Idaho, Glo uh, uh, globally or nationally, actually. Um, Sola is one of Phoenix's largest uh, competitors, is Sola. Um, and they're also a franchise, I guess. Uh, those are also mm -hmm. a franchise, but the, no, it, 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 we don't have one here. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if we'll ever get one here. Mm -hmm. But in every market, there seems to be, uh, again, just like local competitors. So why was this it? You know, like you, this is a, if you guys don't know, Phoenix Salon Suites is a salon. <clears throat> so they offer spa services, you know, right? Uh, correct me. What do you guys do? So Phoenix Salon Suites, uh, the whole concept was built when Gina Rivera was pregnant with her first, with her first child. Okay. Uh, she was going into labor. They went to the hospital. At the time, she was just a cosmetologist paying booth rent right. like anybody else right and rent was due she's in the hospital giving birth basically and the owner of that salon called her and said hey i need your rent check no yeah, for real <laughs> and gina's saying i'm i'm at I'm the hospital baby. Give, yeah i'm giving birth right now well could your husband no bring the check no kidding wow and so it was frustrating enough. It goes back to my comments earlier, you know, necessity, be a better thing. frustration, yeah. desperation. What am I going to do? Yeah. And, and Gina Rivera decided I am going to create a concept that puts the professional first so that they are their own boss. Yeah. It'll create an environment where they literally have their own suite. It's not an open air concept. You go in, you shut your door and you are in your own space. You decorate it how you want. You run your own hours, you charge your clients whatever you want, and we stay out of your business. Right. What we do is we just provide a beautiful facility and make sure that it's always clean and managed well and whatever we can do to help you market your business on social media or, you know, whatever, um, we, we will do. do that. But you, this absolutely is a platform for any salon professional out there, cosmetologist, esthetician, nail tech, it doesn't matter. We even have massage therapists over there. So why is that? I understand in a massage therapy, you really want a private space. Right. But you see most salons have that open concept and mm -hmm. it's kind of a social thing. Mm -hmm. Why is it attractive to cosmetologists or others who just want their space? Think of this. When's the last time you went to get your hair done and as you were speaking to your uh, professional as they're doing your hair, you guys want to have a conversation, but some of the stuff you guys were talking about I mean, it's kind of personal yeah, to you. Yeah, right, right. So why do you want 15 other people to hear what you guys are talking right, about? It is very true. And they are your counselor. Like these people Absolutely. are important in Absolutely. your life. Yeah. So what this does is provides a an enclosed private uh, uh, situation where you and your clientele can actually bond. Yeah. I mean, I don't want that to sound weird, but no, it, it really does form a stronger relationship, which benefits the professional moving forward because I think that retention yeah, it's huge. Is, it, right. Yeah, it's yes, huge. It's right. Huge. I mean, I, it's like I, I liken mechanics to um, cosmetologists or, you know, professionals uh, often because I wouldn't just pick up, um, you know, just hop on anything and say, you know, uh, I'm going to go um, get my hair done wherever. I'm going right. to ask somebody yeah. and say, yeah. hey, please tell me who does your hair because I have to be able to trust them. That's and right. It's the same way with mechanics. Word of mouth is huge. Yep. So being able to have that relationship yeah. and, you know, like Sarah's my best friend yep. and you should go see her. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, once you find a, a professional that you absolutely love, man, I, I don't see people walking away from those 
very yeah, often. It's it just true. It's very, it's traumatic. I mean, and you avoid like that, cutting that relationship right. is like with a boyfriend. Right. I mean, it's, it's right. that's a traumatic right. thing. <laughs> and imagine how much stronger it is when you are in a closed yeah. concept like yeah. that, where they literally have their own suite. You guys can talk about whatever and not worry about, uh, you know, 10 other ears listening in. So how quickly was that? Um, successful here in Idaho Falls? Uh, it took a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, the concept... Because it's a little different. The concept is different. Uh, like I said, there were a couple of mom pop, like, sweet situations here. But literally, when you signed on, you're getting an empty room. You know, here's here's an empty room. Good you decorate luck. it. Yeah, have fun. Good luck. We'll see ya. They buy their chairs and... Yeah, right. Uh -huh. but, but with us, we provide everything. Ah, uh, got it. Cabinet, sink, chairs, styling station, like, mm -hmm. everything. We provide all of it. Mm -hmm. And if they have their own, great. Like, bring your own stuff in, fantastic. Otherwise, we provide it all. The other beauty is we're month to month. Most of our competitors will make you sign a year contract. Mm -hmm. We'll never do that. Mm -hmm. Life changes. Yeah, right. Things happen. Right. You can't be locked in for a year in this industry. Not if something uh, happens, your husband gets a job or, or whatever, and you have to move. Or That's probably kind of counterintuitive in the industry, I would bet. That's kind of tough for owners to, to take that risk of just having it month to month. Uh, we're, we're okay with it. Mm -hmm. In this franchise, we're okay with it. Uh, if it happens, we know that it's for the best, um, for the professional. Again, this goes back to uh, to Gina Rivera's um, vision, vision mm -hmm. for this, which is the salon professional will come first with this concept. We'll, we'll do fine. We will do fine. We'll take care of these professionals, and because we do, we'll be fine. Yeah. But we've got to make sure that they come first. So you did that in Idaho Falls. How recently have you opened your location in Holiday, Utah? So uh, Idaho Falls is three years old already. Holiday is two years old, and we are part owners there. We don't own okay. that one um, uh, fully. And then we are building in Draper right now. Oh, okay. And mm -hmm. your own, or are yes, you partners with somebody nope, there too? No, nope, just us. So you are getting yourself back to... Uh, the Valley. Salt Lake uh, a little Valley. bit, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little interesting. We do run down there once a week. Uh, usually they're just day trips. Occasionally we'll spend the night because there's more to be done. But um, I'm very careful not to uh, leave Glacier or Glacier's clients. I always travel right. with... that's your primary. Yep, mm -hmm. I travel with my work, laptop, external hard drive, the whole thing. I, I've always got Glacier clients with me. And um, yeah, and Leah really is hands-on. My wife is hands-on with Phoenix Lawn Suites. Yeah, that's, what, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So you're still doing the radio, you're still doing morning show. I still do a morning show, no longer for Z103. I'm at 100.7 My FM, and I have been for nine years now. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I love it. It's an older uh, demographic that I'm talking to now, which again is fun. Older like me. Well, and, and not even not even that big of a swing, but Z103 typically goes after 18 to 34. Yeah. My FM is more of like a 25-54. Yeah. And so it, it's, uh, like I said, it's been fun. It's been fun to do a more, uh, and again, I know I'm going to offend somebody here, but uh, it, it's a more mature show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. a more mature show. Yeah, it's good. All right, so... This all sounds like a pretty good story. You know, things kind of lined up. I know that you had some challenges along, along the way, but did you have, you know, when you decided to leave the sure thing that you'd done so, been so successful with in broadcasting, did you have any self-doubt and wonder, like, what the heck am I doing? Like, can I do this? There have been countless days, just like any other business owner, there's been countless days where I get ready in the morning and I'm either while I'm shaving <laughs> or sitting at the kitchen uh, uh, table staring out the window where it just feels heavy. Mm -hmm. It feels heavy. 
there are 30 businesses that are relying on me and my team to bring this home for them. And you, you're human. You're susceptible to thoughts of what if I, what if I fail them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if this doesn't work for them? And I'm not saying that I don't have confidence in my skills or my team's skills or David's skills. I do. Yeah, right. But again, we're all human. Could, yeah, stuff could happen. And occasionally we just get down. Mm-hmm. We get down on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens with me and Glacier. Uh, with radio, not so much. I've always been um, very positive and upbeat and excited about radio. I still love it. 20 years later, mm-hmm. I still love it. Mm-hmm. I love radio. I'll always have a special place in my heart for it, even when I do retire. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to retire. No. But with Glacier, yes, absolutely. So what do you do? Like when you get into that kind of heavy, I have all this responsibility. What mm-hmm. is it that gets you through that? Um, there are times where you have to unplug. Uh, we have, we love our clients. We love our clients. But in the history of the 11 years, we have had a client pop up or two that is really high maintenance. Yeah, yeah. Um, they want to be on the phone every other day. They're reaching out to us every single week with questions and comments and suggestions. And and, and we're, I mean, that's fine. If that's, if that's their MO, if that's their mode of operation, that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. we can roll with that. Right, of course. Um, the way that we are built is trust us and trust the process. Mm-hmm. We will have meetings quarterly to go over everything, but then let us let us hit this home run for you. Um, we'll touch base. We'll make sure you're very aware of what's going on. We'll always ask before we do something. But to get down to where um, we're having multiple calls a day or, hey, let's meet again, um, I, I think that's just, it, like I said, it just starts to get heavy and you have to unplug. At some point, you have to give yourself, even though you're self-employed and you don't want to take time off, You've got to give yourself a break. Yeah, that's really tough. Like you said, when you feel like you are the whole thing that's holding it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just walk away and know that, uh, hey, it's somebody else's business and there's 15 people here that are going to pick up the slack and see you guys in two weeks. I'm going to Maui. Uh, No, when you're self-employed, when you're gone for two weeks, guess what? Yeah. The work goes on and you better be there ready to answer emails, whether you're on vacation or not. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But like you said, you got to figure it out. You have to unplug at some point. Okay, Jeremy. Well, I think we have had such a great uh, time getting to know you and everything. Do you have anything else you want the listeners to know as far as business or ideas or anything more about Glacier or Phoenix that I didn't give you an opportunity to explain to us? No, I think I've uh, I've answered all your questions as fully as I would uh, uh, answer them, even without a mic on my uh, on my lapel. But <laughs> um, honestly, it's just anybody that thinks that. Uh, you, you know, you look at a situation, you look at a story, you see an entrepreneur, you see somebody that owns a business or, hey, that DJ uh, is also connected to Phoenix or whatever. People may have a perception of, man, how perfect is his world? Yeah, right. You, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You just don't. There's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. My wife and I, no joke, more often than not, put in 10-hour days. More often than not. I'm not looking for sympathy here. That's just the reality. It's reality. Mm-hmm. We work 10-hour days. And it's never, t- <clears throat> excuse me, it's never, I'm not crying. I'm just <laughs> clearing your voice. got something in my throat. <laughs> uh, there's never time off. There just isn't. There are Saturdays that we work 10 hours as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but so it's worth it. You love it. It's absolutely worth it. We know that it has paid off and it will continue to pay off. And so that's what keeps us going. Yeah, I love that's that. That's what keeps us going. We love it. We're excited about everything that's that's on the burners right now. 
Well, I think that is true. I, a lot of our businesses are passion projects in the beginning, and then they start to own us, and then they aren't so passionate. So it's good to figure out what is it? What What is it, you know, when you first walked in those doors and you unlocked them, you know, mm -hmm. had this, or had your first client with Glacier, you know, mm -hmm. that was a really exciting time. Oh, yeah. and yep. Getting back to those kind of feelings, I think is very important to us as business owners to make sure we remember our why and and just stay focused. Yeah. It's not easy. I guess that's my that that's the thing that I'd want somebody to walk away from from listening to this is uh, whether it be a career in uh, radio or marketing or as a franchisee. Yes, it looks awesome <laughs> from across the street and saying, "Man, those guys have it all." No, 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 no. There there is a lot of Behind. sweat and stress and time put into all of this, and it is not easy. Yeah. it just isn't. It's a lot of work. Thank you. I agree. Yeah. So if they want to um, hire Glacier, how would they go about doing that? Of course, you can always uh, hit up our website and uh, shoot us an email. Contact at GlacierMark.com is uh, an email that will come to us. That's contact at GlacierMark.com. Uh, Mark is short for marketing, by the way. Got it. Um, but yeah, the website, GlacierMark. <clears throat> Man, frog in my throat big time. <laughs> we just had you talking for uh, so long. I know, long. I know, I know. Did I, you do I, your show this morning? I did. Yeah, I see, usually, this I usually have been... breaks though. When no, music's playing, I'm this... drinking tons of water. <laughs> <We> <laughs> There's no breaks here. Going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a drink right oh, now. Okay. Well, we will make sure that we put all of these links. I have a landing page on our <clears> website. <throat> and so we'll make sure that we put all of these links on there so they can find you. That's great. A phone number, I'll just throw out a number if they're uh, if they're interested in calling is 208-403-6520 if somebody really wants to get a hold of get a hold of me. Perfect. Well, how fun was this and turning the tables a little bit having Jeremy interviewed instead of him doing the interviewing. Thank you so much for sharing your story today and this is why I love this show. We get to know people in our community. Um, we think we know you because you've been in our homes and in our cars mm -hmm. and um, in our bedrooms and right, <laughs> right, your yeah, voice has yeah. anyway. Um, but today we've learned so much about you and your journey. So thank you for using your talent uh, over decades that you have honed that in marketing to help other businesses achieve their goals and to bring those services to our attention. Um, we understand uh, what importance branding is and we'll be looking for good branding now. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate your uh, uh desire or interest in uh, in chatting with you. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair, located in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for honesty and integrity in automotive repair, along with top-notch customer service, there's only one place to go. Come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now, don't go anywhere. Keep listening to learn tips and tactics that will help you lead your business to success in our business leadership moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Welcome to the business leadership moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. And we have exciting news. Tickets went on sale this week. So for any of you who are listening, this is the week of August 19th. And tickets are on sale for the conference that will be held in November. So please check it out and buy your tickets. We'd love to see you there. I know that they have added some exciting things like a shark tank and some other fun things that are happening. They've got a great lineup of speakers. And so please check it out and we would love to see you there. 
um, to be able to share learning things about your business that you can take back and um, really take your business to the next level. Uh, as a reminder, if you want that kind of thing every month, they have a sister event called RiseX. And uh, there's an event held in Pocatello and one in Idaho Falls. So go to www.riseconidaho.com and look for information around both of those things. And again, we hope to see you there. So um, I'll tell you this week, I've been thinking, you know, life has been kicking me in the butt lately. This summer is winding down, and that's crazy because, honestly, it just feels like it started. I can't believe how fast it goes. And so I've been feeling like I've needed to get things done while the sun is still shining, and I have daylight, and I have um, overcommitted myself in my work and my personal life, and I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I'm sure you all can probably relate to that, um, if not now, at some point in your lives. And, you know, I hate that feeling because I always feel like I'm anxious and and just dropping balls and I just hate it. So when I feel this way, I have a favorite quote that I read and it helps to give me some perspective. It is from George Bernard Shaw. And if you're not familiar with George Bernard Shaw, he was an Irish playwright. Um, He was a critic in his day and a political activist. And he was, he lived in the, he was most influential in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He wrote over 60 plays. Um, He was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1925. He was outspoken for his opinions around equal rights and healthy lifestyles, and also known um, for penning words that cut through all excuses. And I think that's why I really like him, because he says it like it is. And this particular quote I found several years ago, um, it was shared in a message uh, that, you know, we had daily, like weekly quotes, and this one was shared. And I just, I've loved it ever since. So I'm going to read it to you. Um, he says, this is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, the being thoroughly worn out before you're thrown on the scrap heap, the being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the community, and as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can." I want to be thoroughly used up when I die, for the harder I work, the more I live. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch, which I have got hold of for a moment, and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. So I just love that quote, and I love what he says, and for me, it is exactly what I needed to hear. I know a lot of us have devoted ourselves to serving our community. And that might look like just being the best business owner you can be, being the best parent you can be, the best spouse, the best person, whatever it is. Um, I hope that Bernard's quote can help you today, too. Just understand that you are making a difference, um, that every time you get up and put your head up, Keep your head up and just know that um, 
every little thing that you do, even though it feels like you're taking two steps forward and one step back, is making a difference and in in somebody's life. And um, you know, it's it's saying something to be thoroughly worn out before you're thrown on the scrap heap. So here's to you and to the work that you're doing. And um, stay inspired, whatever it takes for you to do that. And use George's, George Bernard Shaw's quote if you need to. Um, I know it's helped me. And so here's to all of us for being the best that we can be and serving in whatever way that looks like. Have a great week and we'll catch up next week. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com